0: This is Radio Influence, podcasting redefined.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with
2: Sunny Monday Val and
1: Beans. It is so su- it's, it's been such a beautiful weekend. How was your father's day, Frank?
2: Uh, it, it was great. I had a I had a very, it was a nice day. I think it topped out at like 72 degrees and had a steady breeze all day. So I did a little bit of uh, everything. We started off early, got out. I got to go to the farmer's market, get all the stuff I needed. The baby was wonderful all day, as always. And, and Okay, you uh, say
1: as always. You can't be telling me yeah, that, well. that you never have a day with her where she's just completely unmanageable
2: no I don't
1: Wow lucky you
2: I mean there are days where we know she's 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 a little off and those are usually days I mean over the last year and a half those are usually days where we know that a tooth is coming through but even when her teeth have cut she's never lost a night of sleep I had friends tell me Frank for every tooth that comes in you'll lose two days of sleep she has slept through everything
1: yeah my kids never lost sleep over teeth either
2: yeah I didn't know I was I was nervous about that. I wanted her I wanted her to stay, you know, gummy forever. But <laughs> but everything's fine.
1: Oh, that's and, great.
2: Yeah, and she's very affectionate, so I'm 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 happy. Aww. Now I know what people say that the first one will trick you into getting the second one.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I will tell you, my two are so different from one another, it's not even funny. Like they're completely different people. It, it's
2: Little William seems like he's a lot more chill than Viv.
1: Yes and no. He he's he's like a little entrepreneur. OK, he, he's something else. That kid, I swear. I don't talk about him as much because he's not as um, activist minded, I guess you could say. That's fine. Although he is in a lot of ways, like he says his piece, but he's one of those people who likes to keep the peace. So he would rather instead of asserting his opinion, just listen to everyone else talk and take it all in. Mm. He's a listener.
2: That's good. As long as as you're an activist for your own personal interest, then that's that's fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's already planning out what he's going to do in college. Now the boy just turned 13 in January and he's got his whole adult life planned out what house he's going to buy first, whether he, it's crazy. So
2: he should start his own college.
1: He should. I keep telling him like, you know, slow down, dude, enjoy your childhood. (laughs) He's like, no, I have plans. (laughs) I'm like,
2: well, the one thing I didn't do this weekend was uh, go for a bike ride and fall off while I yeah. wasn't while I wasn't even pedaling.
1: Look, everybody, listen. Let's be honest. Yeah, is it embarrassing? Absolutely. The only reason why I want to talk about that is because of what the difference in coverage.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I saw he, I saw his foot got stuck in the uh, in the stirrup.
1: Anyone could have done that. I would have absolutely done that. Right. Yes. Right. So. Um, yeah. So, like, The Atlantic. <laughs>
2: I saw this one. I, saw, I think I know which one, what headline you're about to can, read. Can
1: you read it? Because I don't have it in front of me. Oh,
2: hold on. I, you know, I sent it to myself again. Uh, the Atlantic. The heroism of Biden's bike fall. The president gracefully illustrated an important lesson for all Americans. When we fall, we must get back up. I, I know He got off to his feet and he immediately ran to a little girl. Surprise you,
1: surprise, you know Tucker Carlson has really been pounding him on that stuff lately, good, which he deserves. It's about time, like whatever i I just when do you remember when Donald Trump was um doing he did the west point graduation
2: and he and he kind of shuffled, yeah, yeah,
1: he shuffled down this ramp, and when he told the story later, it was absolutely hysterical I know it was the greatest story ever, but like. The New York Times headline for this Biden takes tumble during bike ride in Delaware. Right. This is the Trump one with the with the ramp. Trump's halting walk down ramp raises new health question.
2: Yeah, they had they had people um, from all over the country go on television to diagnose him for the next week and a half.
1: Yeah. Whether he was having a stroke, he couldn't lift a glass to his mouth. You know, right. the whole country's at stake here. We have this man in the White House and we don't know what his what his health status is. Meanwhile, this guy can't even walk up a flight of stairs without tripping over himself. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason why I want to talk to him about it, because honestly it, it wasn't that big of a deal. In my opinion, it wasn't right.
2: Yeah. It's just, you know, we're, we're, we are, we're starved for real entertainment these days. You know, we, we can't, we can't go on, on uh, there's nothing for us on Saturday night live at 1130 on a, on a Saturday night anymore. All that's gone. The days of mad TV and living color, they've been gone for a long, long time. And even the nightly talk show uh, comedians aren't comedians anymore. They're just salty activists themselves. And um, so, you know, when, when somebody falls off a bike, we have to really soak it up from time to time. That's uh, what I say.
1: I agree with you. And you know how we've been ever since, like, back when I started talking about Will on, like, socials, which is very rarely I call him Mr. Beans. So everyone starts putting pictures up of Mr. Bean. Rowan Atkinson. Bean. He came out and he started saying that he basically abhors cancel culture because he says the job of comedians is to offend or have the potential to offend. Every joke has a victim. That's the definition of a joke. Mm. And we're starting to see like this cancel culture sort of. The, the the comedians are who is, is bridging the gap, trying to get us back to the days where we had something to laugh at again.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yes, it's just it's hard when you're talking about identity, though, uh, Tracy, because it's if you're making a joke. It's it's fine. Um, but the thing is that when you have when you are forced to focus in on uh, people's perceived I- identities and their various it's not even just gender and sexuality. It's just it's so much because we're trying to deconstruct reality. Um, that's the level of deconstructionism we're at right now. So it's very hard because every joke actually becomes a slight against the very fabric of a person now, because what well, that's it.
1: There, there, there are still some comedians that are just doing weird crap. Like, I like Sebastian Maniscalco because he doesn't get political. Uh very few left. Are there any comedians left that don't get political?
2: Uh, no, 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 no.
1: very few. If, if any, if any. So I like him, but this guy, comedian Kamau Bell, do you know who he is? No, I've never heard of him before, but he's a CNN host too, I guess. So I don't know. I guess the two kind of go together. Um,
2: hell really? Yeah.
1: He just, yesterday he put out this video. It's two minutes long. And at first I thought it was a parody. But it ends up not being a parody here.
0: Dad does so much for the family. This Father's Day, give him what he really needs. Not a home brewing kit, not socks. Give him safe and legal access to abortion. Hello, I'm noted male feminist W. Kamal Bell. Do you know how much I've spent on birth control in my life? $213, mostly on condoms that expired in my wallet. Do you know how much my wife has spent? $17,530. That's gross. Yeah. Gross. Dads, if you've ever had sex and not had a kid, it's likely birth control or abortion played a role.
1: What?
2: Wow. Well, listen, there's no there's no um, there's no uh, getting around it anymore. There is this that whole incest and health of the mother thing. It was already infinitesimally small as far as the, the the practice goes and why people do it, this is a form of contraception to these people. It
1: period. is a form of contraception. and That's and all it is. I'm sorry, but it takes a little more. Like, yeah, sometimes people have sex one time and get pregnant. Yes, but that's not typically how it works. Like, you don't just have sex and have a baby. That's just not how it happens. Like, the timing for that to happen has to be so perfect.
2: You know what I used to think?
1: You're going to When
2: I was in... I think uh fourth grade or something like that right that um with every thrust, one sperm shot out <laughs> that's what <all> I thought <laughs> I used to think that and 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 and, and therefore with every thought thrust, I thought that it was possible to make one baby.
1: Wow, you were terrified then
2: <laughs> well I mean I was like, it was like third fourth grade it was it was really just or oh, no 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 for probably fourth fifth because because obviously we we understood there had mechanically that something went on, but as far as <laughs> what actually happened, is that what we're calling
1: it nowadays.
2: Like thank God
0: I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, I know here. Wait, there's, there's more to this. It gets worse here.
0: used to not having to worry about it, but nobody ever got pregnant from a vibrator for that. You need. An egg. A spoon on an egg. That's right. <laughs> See, the majority of people seeking abortions are already parents. They know it's right for their families. They would know if having another kid would send them spiraling into poverty. It definitely would. Oh my God. Funny you should mention God, because there's literally no mention of the word abortion in here. Just like in here, there's no mention of how the state is going to help these families if they're forced to bear these children.
3: It's almost like this is just a way for a few fragile men to use religion to control our bodies.
0: What? How? How? Yeah.
2: Okay. How? Ask it. Like, like, even think about that. Are the, are, is there a few fragile men out there, even though the, the pro-life Movement is so largely led by women, but how uh, you would think that if that were the case, a few fragile men would would be trying to institute one child policies or making sure that women don't have children. I mean, what's and, and what did he do? Hold up the Bible when he said, "Oh this? yeah, yeah."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, well, why the hell would abortion be in the Bible?
1: Because why? exactly that.
2: Why, <laughs> why on earth? Why on earth would uh would there be any conversation about the morality of a mother killing her her chi- her unborn child
1: in the Bible? Yeah
2: there's 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 no there's, there's no discussion about the morality of that
1: because it's an abhor- an abhorrent thought that people like like who would even do something like that like right. you know what I like mean? The,
2: yeah like like uh, like since the beginning of time abortion has been a uh, a, a problem. Or something that, that women are just constantly seeking, like they, they have an abscess or or something they need treatment quickly. This is this is a very uh, contemporary phenomenon.
1: Can't wait.
0: Parenting. Parenting is a job, a wonderful, very difficult job. And since when does America force anybody to do a job against their will without paying them by controlling their bodies? What? Oh, right.
1: So as we. So, in other words, he's saying being a parent to job. Yeah, yeah. He was slavery. equating parenting to slavery.
2: Yeah, he's he's. No, this guy's very intelligent.
1: Re- I know.
2: Very intelligent. I almost
1: wish that I could understand what he was saying.
2: <laughs> yeah. His parents were probably very intelligent
0: people as well.
1: It, it, it's just it goes on for like another 30 seconds. Here, wait.
0: Great Father's Day. Let's also celebrate birth control, abortion and bodily wow. autonomy. Because, man, have we benefited from those. No, we have
3: So enjoy your day, guys, and welcome to the fight. We've been waiting for you. Happy Father's
1: Day! How gross is that? Just how Marvel. on Father's Day? They're,
2: they're monstrous people. They're monsters. Monsters.
1: I guess what he's trying to do is say, look, I've got a bunch of kids, and I still think you should be able to have an abortion if you get, I mean.
2: They're just monstrous. It was, it, it, it's not even that this might not, it's not even that this subject isn't worth uh, having the, a discussion, a debate, an open, a free one, because, of course, with debate comes the ability for the other side to make really good points against yours and to put you in your place, especially since the um, the, the vast majority of human history errs on the side of life and uh, children and family and communities and, and leaving legacies behind being the much more stable ingredient or the much more powerful ingredient for a stable society, I should say. So it's not even about that. It's constantly their presentation of their ideas. This is butchery that they have put happy music to. It's the happy music. It's the it's the, the overwhelmingly positive, awesome, fun, Burger King, ball pit feeling that they put to this butchery. That's what we're talking about with abortion. It's butchery. and And if it has ever been necessary for somebody, it's very, very unfortunate. And it should never be talked about in such a a flippant way.
1: Yeah, he's sitting there with his kids on the couch talking about, you know, how if he had a good day. Yeah.
2: Celebrating abortion. Good.
1: Yeah, if he had his way, they wouldn't be around, it seems. I don't know. It's terrible. But this is what we are dealing with in our society today, especially since this week. They think Tuesday or tomorrow or Thursday is going to be the day that the left decides it's okay to, to destroy everyone or at least a very small subsection of it. Did you see the flyers being posted around by um, this group? I forget the name of it. Ruth. Um, it's some group that is violent, like they're firebombing churches and all kinds of stuff. And they post their flyers around Jane's revenge or, or I forget the name of it portion. Um, um, but th- like, if you were to, if you were to find a flyer like this, plastered up there by a Republican about, The stolen election, the entire FBI would have been running prints on every flyer like they're they're the ones responsible for all of that. Nobody is. Nobody is. Nobody. they they, They say all kinds of terrible things. It's called. Um. Hold on. Damn it. It was a National Review article here and it got you're out of free articles. Oh, Jane's revenge. Who's Jane? I don't know. Pro-abortion terrorist group Jane's Revenge, which has claimed credit for a string of recent attacks on pregnancy centers across the country, on Tuesday declared open season on pro-life organizations as the Supreme Court ruling on Dobbs versus Jackson's Woman Health draws near. In a statement posted on its website Tuesday, the organization vowed to attack any pro-life group that doesn't close their doors. Mm-hmm. Through attacking, we find joy, courage, and strip the veneer of impenetrably held blah, 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 blah. There's no uh, full court press group, like, investigation into these people.
2: There's no committee?
1: No, and Tom Cotton says that Garland should resign. There have been more than 50 attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers and churches in recent weeks by this group, and nobody has done anything about it, not even an iota. No, No one will be arrested. Please, it's hmm. it's gross.
2: Yeah, yes, it is. Um, you know where to find them. They'll all be at your local Juneteenth celebration.
1: Speaking of which, did you see all the violence? What? Where? At Juneteenth celebrations over the weekend?
2: Well, is it if it, if it's a uh, if it's anything like spring break, then you mm-hmm. could have you could have bet anything that it would have happened.
1: Spring break in Miami. Yeah, where they have to like literally put a curfew because these people can't help themselves
2: yeah and the fighting the fighting starts as soon as they get to the uh, the airport too and then when they're going back, the fighting's even worse because then they have nothing to look forward to. Then they have to go back to their um you know their their Fallujah neighborhoods.
1: um at least eight people were killed, dozens injured during shootings on Saturday in celebration of Juneteenth.
2: You see, this is the biggest uh, thing I have about all this, and I've already said my piece on Juneteenth i I did a wonderful interview with dr. Brian McClanahan on the historical irrationality of the whole thing I actually posted reposted it a couple days ago put it in the dark to light chat too in case anybody wanted a nice history refresher on a day uh, as ridiculous as t- as yesterday or whatever the hell it was but you would think you would think that the way that we're living life right now is like I I, I don't know that we we're, we're like ascended masters of the earth. What do you mean? It, like it was uh I, I don't know. You you think that we were living like with Juneteenth, you think that today, that's like eighteen sixty-five. You think that we were living life like ascended masters of the earth? Like the news reached Galveston, Texas, and this and and everything was just we are so much more enslaved than we ever have been. It has now crossed racial lines and all other types of demographic lines, but even more so. Uh, black Americans are are, are are so destroyed by the same the same system. and the fact that they are given, and everybody is supposed to be embracing days like Juneteenth and have that be a I don't know, any kind of a celebration of what? Look at the state we're in. what the what could you possibly say about Juneteenth that makes what we're living through right now seem like we've we've come so far and evolved in such. Amazing ways.
1: The difference is that the slavery is not on, it's not the same. Like, and and they don't really, people don't realize it. None are so lost as those who don't realize. What is that quote? What? There is like, none who are so lost as those who can't, who don't realize theirs. I don't know. I don't know. Can't
2: see their chains or something? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's something to that effect. I just can't remember it off the top of my head because if you don't realize that you are actually in worse shape. (laughs) Yeah. Like, not that I'm saying that. You know, it's a different kind of slavery today. It, it, it's a different kind of, of of they make you think that you're free, but but you're not. It, it's it's I don't I mean, I don't I guess it sprung up in Texas was what I read. Like I started reading about what the history of it was.
2: Well, in on like June 18th or 19th, 1865, that's the that's the day that the news of uh, the end of the war and the um and the emancipation proclamation got to Galveston Texas which was like the farthest the farthest point in the um in the south at that point so that's when the news got around problem is that sl- northern states northern slaveholding states like Kentucky like New Jersey Joe I mean Joe Biden's Delaware didn't ratify the 13th amendment until 1901 you know, so uh, the, uh, even the northern states that held slaves didn't even let them go until December uh, uh, uh 1865. The Emancipation Proclamation itself is such a political move. Um, you can say, and I, 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 you can say that it's one of the more undeniable good things that came from the Civil War, because, of course, we lost our republic after it. But one of the good things that came from the Civil War is, yeah, undeniably, slavery was ended. Uh, why it cost over a million lives, both civilian and military, to do it when the rest of the Western world was peacefully ending slavery is another story altogether. But they, if stories like Juneteenth um, encourage people to think that the war was over slavery and not that slavery was, uh, had become an aspect of the war. Especially when you got to around 1863. I mean, you know, there was even some deals made. Uh, uh, Jefferson Davis, at one point, around 1863, I I forget around there, he uh, he reached out to England and to to the British, and he actually made a a play for there. He said, "If you acknowledge us, we will get rid of slavery." A lot of people didn't, you know, a lot of people didn't didn't like that, but that's how how uh, much independence. From northern aggression actually mattered to them that they were willing to get rid of slavery. Now, Lincoln said that uh, made it, made it clear many times that the war was not about slavery, and he would he would free slaves uh, all of them to keep the union together. If he can keep the union together and not free them, he would do it. If he can free half and leave half in bondage to keep the union together, he would do that as well. So it's all trickery. It's all, and then of course as far as the dates go. Um, as Brian McClanahan said to me once there, too, Jew, uh, December 6th would have been a problem. December 6th, that's when I think uh, that's when we you start seeing the slavery, um, uh, people really getting released. That would have been a problem because it would conflict with uh, Pearl Harbor Day. Mm. Uh, December 18th is the other day. I believe that's another, uh, another enactment kind of a day, whether it is with the 13th Amendment or not. I forget, but December 18th. Oh, so you're 18th, saying
1: they picked it because of its convenient location on the calendar?
2: Ab- absolutely. December 18th, they could have do because you're a week out from Christmas, it would have got swallowed up, and they already have the fake the fake Kwanzaa thing that they've been trying to push for decades, and nobody cares about that either. So June 19th, even though it is completely historically insignificant because it had no bearing on whether or not people were, were uh, released from bondage, it's 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 in the only place that you can do something with it. And it actually acts as a nice little breakaway holiday for an alternate to Independence Day, because, well, you know, that they're building a parallel political calendar for everybody. Well, I was just going to say, about.
1: ask some of these same people what the significance of July 4th, seventy six, 76 is. And they'll have, they have no idea. Like, have it, you ever seen the man on the streets that Fleckus does where they have no idea what July 4th is?
2: Right. Yeah. That's all, all part of the uh, the hope, though, Tracy. They want you to go from January. You got Martin Luther King Day. You've got an entire Black History Month. Then we go. I don't know what happens in in, in March, but but uh, once we get to the the Gay Month, and then we have Juneteenth to kind of parallel Fourth of July. Of course, you know we get deeper into into the, uh, the year and they have everything lined up. They're trying to build a breakaway Bolshevik calendar of things that will take you off of uh, just detach you from anything that we can hold in common anymore. And if the real history is, is kind of stunning. It's very interesting. I wish that we got a little bit more of it.
1: The, um the, the main thing here is that there's, there's some pushback. Um, You know, I've seen this a couple times over the past week or so. So, we talked about how they went after Bo, Bo Bobert um, because of whatever they, they had claimed that she had done that ended up being an abject lie. Now they've set their sights on Carrie Lake. Who's that uh, running for governor in Arizona? Former journalist. OK, you, you never heard of her?
2: I Maybe.
1: OK, so Carrie Lake is a former journalist who left reporting over what happened with covid And she decided to run for governor. She's endorsed by Trump. There are mixed feelings on her within us. Right. So some people love her. Some people don't. I've listened to her a bunch of times. I don't really necessarily have anything to say either way. I'm not getting into Arizona politics, but I will tell you that they just put out an article on her. Um, Carrie Lake is horrified by kids at drag shows, but did she let her own daughter watch one? Right. And they basically spend an entire article trying to say That she, I guess, went to a show where her daughter or she had a drag queen at her house to do a show and her daughter happened to be watching, which she says, no, it was actually at someone else's house. It was a birthday party and she was a Marilyn. The person was a Marilyn Monroe impersonator singing happy birthday to the person who was there. So it wasn't like a drag show. But the thing in this article where people don't seem to really give a crap because they think that this is all petty B.S., and like the same thing with Herschel Walker, Frank, where they're trying to come out and say he's hiding children that are ill, like he's, he thinks are illegitimate. And he's like, I haven't hit anything. Like, and he was in there at the Faith and Freedom Conference and everyone was like, whatever. Like, this, this they think that people are still so, like, they, re- I think people realize we're at war and that we can't be um, that ridiculously purist right now because a lot of the candidates that are good candidates are ones who have, Not perfect lives.
2: You know, you know, uh, did you ever watch True Detective season two? No. It's one of those things uh, uh, that came across subtly in the True Detective season two for me. And I think Rachel McAdams, she is the one of the detectives. She's out there in Los Angeles and they're dealing with a lot of new age culty kind of uh, things that are going on. Assault, some, some, uh, you know some gang activity but also new age cult stuff and it comes across very subtly how you know you you tell you can tell she is a a person fighting for good and she wants to do the right thing and she wants to help those who are being abused and and you you can tell that she wants to do the right thing at the same time you get little glimpses into her personal life her own her own little um, her own little addictions, her own little kinks, things like that that she's she she tries to hide up just to show you that she's not perfect. But if uh, if people knew people knew about what um, about the things she likes personally or she has fallen into personally along the way that they they might judge her. But that even every hero now to think that every that there's a hero out there that is perfect and as uh, as clean as the driven snow and that we should hold that as a standard in a in a in at least a um an era in our society when so many people i mean you think about the last three or four generations we've been pushed through a education and entertainment political culture that really dirties everyone It is we have been encouraged to to dabble with thoughts and things and and whatever that, uh, that have left us all dirty. And, and the fact that we, that about 20, 25 years ago now, we were pushed onto the internet and encouraged to spill our, our, our every immature thought, every undeveloped thought onto the internet yeah. and, and God knows what else. It's just, it's just not a standard, not a standard to hold people to, to purity spiral like that, at least for a little while. We're just going to have to be practical about things. because
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no other choice. This part is of this article that they wrote trying to justify like what they're basically doing is attacking uh, people for not wanting their children groomed by men dressed up as women in risque lingerie taking dollars from children. Ready? Listen to yeah. this. This They're talking about the show in Texas that drew all that attention. There was a neon sign that was rather risque and a child was pictured handing a dollar bill to one of the dancers, but tipping a dancer doesn't seem all that much different from tipping your garden variety street performer. This is what they're saying about the, it's not going to lick itself. And then kids shoving dollar bills into the hands of scantily clad men dressed as women. Like,
2: uh, well, that's yeah, I I know. You know, another thing I see a lot, is um, I get this this kind of this look at it. like there's this one guy who said something on Twitter it got you know nine thousand likes or typical uh, statistically your child is far safer with a drag queen rather than a priest one hundred percent facts and you know you see a lot of the reasoning like this coming from people who are too ignorant to trace the degeneracy seen in both churches and in society at large, back to the same satanic sources, number one, a lot of ignorance there. And then you have bias on top of it. You have the the people who are too biased to see that the abuse in public schools and the abuse in public sectors is currently giving the Vatican a run for its money.
1: Yeah, I know. And when did we ever say that that was OK? To the contrary, we, when we when we realized what was going on and people started speaking out, we took action against like That's the thing. It's like they're trying to use something terrible to rationalize something else. These people are getting arrested for pedophilia left and right.
2: And that's what I'm saying. The source of the the uh, the source of the corruption and the infiltration is the same. It's the same.
1: It's the same source. Yeah. Satan.
2: Yeah. Very much so. Especially especially what happened. And, you know, the Catholic Church is the most prominent uh, name because you know, but of all the denominations, everybody's ha- has problems
1: now. It's and, happening a lot in the Baptist uh, church.
2: Well, it's a lot is being uncovered, yeah. You know, it's just it's just it, and um, it's incredible because I started a book club, Tracy. I told you about that,
1: yeah. Everybody loves reading, that,
2: by the way. It, it, it's you've got to read this book, okay. you got to read this book. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Malachi Martin's uh, life and career as it is, but uh, in if I were reading this book, Windswept House, and in, in the 1990s. I would say, OK, yeah, this, all right, whatever. This is this. Obviously, it's fiction. It's it's really over the top. And but it's great. But now that I'm reading it in 2022, it's pretty much a map key. Oh,
1: really? It's a map what key. is it
2: about? Oh, it, it's about the satanic infiltration of the Catholic Church and and how it how this formation of the deep church, which archbishop Vigano has been talking about for the last few years yep the organization of the deep church has been molding itself since vatican ii has been merging itself with their uh affiliates many of them actual you know not so much atheistic but really um dedicating themselves to worshiping the demon uh with the deep state of the world the eu the un agenda 2030 it's the new world order how the both have come together and uh, th- there's a little bit more to it. Um, actual ritualistic enthronements of Satan in the, in the Vatican in 1963. And it's, it's incredible. I, I feel like I'm watch I'm reading a map key. Wow. Hm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, what you're reading right now made, I've been thinking about that uh, from time to time over the weekend alone, because people make these ridiculous rationalizations about how one evil is is not only better than the other, but that it, it is mutually exclusive from the other. They're all the same. They're all the same. But it makes you partial to one kind of evil. Well, it's a big trick.
1: You're rationalizing it away is what you're doing. You're rationalizing yeah. it away. Because I don't know why people do that. Either they like it or they're too afraid to um, come to terms with the fact that something that they have embraced could cause such devastation. Same thing with people with vaccines.
2: Well, I just don't know why there isn't bigger and I'm sure there are out there because there's many, many people in this country and you can't observe them all through Twitter or on any anywhere else. But I don't know why drag queens, which I never had a problem with drag uh, drag shows. And I know I've known a few drag queens myself. I, I had no problem with drag shows and those clubs being out there because You know, it it was only ever places that adults either on, you know, going out for a a, a bachelorette party or something. It was something that adults did on nights that they're going to do something nutty and it's whatever. You knew that they were out there. I don't understand why drag queens are not saying keep these damn children away from what are you doing? I mean, it is there is no separating Drag shows from sex.
1: No, no, there's no
2: I don't I don't care what they say. There's no separating the two.
1: No. And there are a lot of drag drag queens saying that there's one. I I think I hold on. I'm going to pause it real quick. This is this is Kitty Demure. This was a walk away. She's he she is a walk away. Um, This is from two years ago, though, and Uh,
3: I want to play it. Hold on. Should not be doing. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Um, I just wanted to make a quick video to let you guys know that I really, really appreciate your support in me coming out and saying what I said about kids not doing drag. I still stand by that. Kids should not be doing drag.
1: Well, this but what I, this was actually this. It, she's going to get into more, or he. She's dressed up like a woman. It looks really very much like a woman right now. So I'm having a hard time. But he he's going to get into more in a second. But but this was more about when that. Child drag queen came out.
3: That kid. Oh, with well, Desmond? Yeah, but this was two years ago, but here we go. I really want this to be about is about you guys and thanking you for supporting me. I honestly have not had a lot of backlash from the gay or drag community. And that's because I know that many actually agree with me and you guys too. So I'm hoping more will jump on board. I have a lot of gay support because gay people know about drag queens. They know about the culture. So they're naturally going to be the ones. Here, this is here. Hi, everybody. This is Kitty Demure, your friendly, favorite conservative drag queen. <laughs> anyway, I have another message for heterosexual women, the ones who have children. I have no idea why you want drag queens to read books to your children i have no idea what what in the hell has a drag queen ever done to make you have so much respect for them and admire them so much other than put on makeup and and jump on the floor and writhe around and do sexual things on stage i have absolutely no idea why you would want that to influence your child would you want a stripper or a porn star to influence your child It makes no sense at all. A drag queen performs in a nightclub for adults. There is a lot of filth that goes on, a lot of sexual stuff that goes on. And backstage, there's a lot of nudity, sex, and drugs. Okay? So I don't think that this is an avenue you would want your child to explore. They could explore dressing up at home like we all did, like all gay boys did. We all dressed at home and we had a great time. We had a great time with our girlfriends, putting on makeup, trying on clothes, things like that. But to actually get them involved in drag is extremely, extremely irresponsible on your part. And I understand you might want to look like you're with it, that you're cool, that you're woke, That you're not a Nazi, that you're not a homophobe, whatever, whatever it may be. But you can raise your child to be just a normal, regular, everyday child without including them in gay, sexual things. And honestly, you're not doing the gay community any favors. In fact, you're hurting us, okay? We have already had a reputation of being pedophiles and being perverts and deviants. We don't need you to bring your children around. So you keep your kids at home or take them to Disneyland or take them to Chuck E. Cheese. But if you need your child to be entertained by a big human in a costume or in makeup, take them to the circus or something. (laughs) He goes
1: on and on. I mean, there's a couple of them, but like there was one where, where this again, years ago, he just came out so passionately against it. And like a lot of dr- gay people are chiming in in the comments saying they're destroying our community. Like, finally, we had gotten to a point where it was generally accepted, you know, that some people like to sleep with people of the same sex and then just leave us alone. And now it's like they're it's like they're I gay people it's, it's don't like even, it.
2: It's not even if they. Yeah, I know. And it's we're just going to more extreme public, public, um, uh, you know, public showings and displays. Yeah, uh, when when people were talking about the gay agenda and it was still subtle enough for people to say, "Oh, oh, stop gay agenda." The schools, there is no way if you left humanity alone, 3%, 3% by the time they reach, you know, 20, 25 years old who who find themselves in gay relationships or wanting gay relationships, 3% would be high of the population. 3% would be high. Well, and then,
1: yeah,
0: and,
2: and the fact the fact that they have gotten well, from all reports I have seen that they have when when children are being are being um, you know questioned in school now in middle school they have gotten as high as twenty eight percent of classes thinking that's over a quarter of uh, upcoming generations who think that there's something other than just straight and the gender that they were born as it that's that is all nurtured it's not nature so. This is horrific, and uh, you know these these Bolshevik types, they don't have a problem sacrificing the people that they pretend to be uh, fighting for. They don't care because if they can create uh, distrust, if they can create disdain and resentment there, then perhaps they can create violence and also at that point create a real reason to rally against the enemy, even though they're the ones that really brought the brought – the, the turmoil and the war to our level. It's it, it's it's just been little confrontations and poking and prodding all along the way. And they don't care who they get killed.
1: They have um a ton more people coming out now like detransitioned kids who have gone through this hell who are mm-hmm. coming out. And the post has an article today I literally lost organs why detransitioned teens re- regret tra- changing changing genders. And then It says when Chloe was 12, she decided she was transgender at 13. She came out to her parents the same year. She was put on puberty blockers and prescribed testosterone at 15. She underwent a double mastectomy less than a year later. She realized she'd made a mistake. Now she's 17. She has no breasts and she's a woman. And it's all it's all of this like goes back to being a teenager not really necessarily fitting in or thinking that you don't fit in feeling like you don't really fit in your own body or things are changing, which is normal when you go through puberty as a woman who's done it, I can attest. And I'm sure as a kid, you know, it used to be that a lot of men just wanted to be women. And now they're saying that tide has turned and a lot of girls want to be boys because I was a tomboy when I was a kid. I used to play baseball with all the guys. I was better than most of them. And I was always covered in mud. Always.
2: That doesn't mean you're a boy. though. No,
1: it doesn't. No, it doesn't. My you know, parents didn't rush uh, me out for puberty blockers and chop my boobs off my body.
2: <laughs> I it's, I know it, it's, it's, uh, once again, butchery.
1: I, I wore, I wore kid boys, you know, sometimes boys clothes and boys shoes. And I will, you know, even when I was in college, I was on the I auditioned for the guys wrestling team. Like, I just I always did weird crap like that. But like, I always like to hang out with guys more than I like to hang out with girls, because I think a lot of girls are petty and insecure and stupid and bitchy. And I get along with guys better. And the girls that I hang out with now say the same thing. So, yeah,
2: girls suck.
1: They really do. For the most part, (laughs) all of the problems come from girls. All the petty nonsense come from girls. They're they're a horrible, horrible, horrible. Well, when they're not. (laughs) When they're not bitching at somebody, they're, they're scheming behind their back.
2: This is why HR is so horrible. Oh, yeah. There's nothing worse than HR because it was it was it was given it was given to to females. And they said, go ahead, go ahead. Complain. Make war with the world.
1: Complain. Just complain. That's all you're good at is complaining. I know that a lot of the women out there that listen to this show are saying, yep, I hate women, too. <laughs> I'm telling you.
2: You know, what? I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to remind Lauren and Aurora just how much
1: I hate women. You can't. Good say morning. It. Good
2: morning, ladies.
1: You can't say it. It's not the same. I bet you anything right now, if you were to ask Lauren if she liked women in general in terms of like their behavior. And like if she had an option, she would say she would say that she doesn't.
2: Probably. Probably. Hey, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, have you ever read. Uh, I know this. This is a big can of worms, and I, I wanted to do it on my show for a long time. And um, whenever I bring it up to a friend of mine who I wanted to help do uh, help me do some research for it, they uh, often often says uh, you might not want to touch this just yet. But uh, the 19th Amendment and women's suffrage, you should really read the writings of of anti suffrage movement uh, American women why american women were saying that the this whole push to amend the constitution on a federal level for for uh female uh voting rights was going to be a a complete catastrophe um you 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 really should read it Not, not to say that i believe that women should not have the right to vote uh because actually around that time there was many women who were voting and who were serving as as uh public and government officials that's another thing that was State to state, you can do what you want. It was another 10th Amendment issue. But um man, you should read it. Uh, I, I think that you you would probably go, huh?
1: <laughs> I will I will read it. Send me something. And I will say I'll, this. I'll get you yeah, before I pause it because we, what we talked about before the show. Um, I will tell you that women, even if they didn't have the right to vote, were so vastly powerful during that time period, even though from outside perspectives it didn't look like there was an opportunity for us. In quotes. Yeah. <laughs> women were controlling men and getting them to do whatever they wanted in far greater ways than a vote ever allowed them <laughs> ability to. Yeah. OK. Well, yeah. Hold yeah, on. absolutely. Sorry. Hold on. What, what were some of the things that the women were saying that you think that were pretty uh, agreeable?
2: Well, I, I wanted to I have to go dig up the actual there, there's some really eloquently put stuff by by leaders, some female leaders of the anti-suffrage movement their arguments but there's there's things like i mean at the time 90 percent of women either did not want the right to vote or did not care um there's a lot of people who just meant that this would create competition uh between women and men instead of cooperation there's others that just thought that this would just double the household votes of the men because married Mm -hmm. couples would largely vote with each other and and that uh And I don't know that, you know, the more so about making war, I really enjoyed reading the the idea about making war. But you you, but those who were were really on board, you know, the Republican Party, as you know, is a a a very, very tricky front. And people are encouraged to see them as right wing conservative throwback trad types. But it's op- It's the opposite, and they said it mo- all the time, that they are the first major centralized party coming from the old Federalists coming uh, coming down the hill there that were very progressive and very centralized and all about the mercantilism and central banking and, and everything like that. So you, you think about the things that have been done, especially in Champion, that has been done. Women, they... Uh, you're talking about the the tendencies that women have, the way that they think, emotionalism, all that stuff. This was always going to be very ripe for manipulation from central planners who who want to to come on down and try to trigger the maternal uh, instincts of women to throw a vote into the the corner of a person who wants to take more responsibility. Under the the um, the umbrella of government to do one thing or another, child care, things that are not supposed to be done, decisions and and programs that should be localized if started at all. So th- there's a lot about just the the nature between men and women that uh, that was you know that created an opportunity for abuse just from the beginning there too. And I had to find some of these these arguments because, like I said, they were made by women, which I thought were. Really interesting, and I, I enjoyed reading this because you don't see any of the the opposition. It's only just about the great cause and and how it was uh, won, and and now we're just such a better society for it.
1: I I just I I think that there was uh Ben Shapiro like little like snippet, and I, I I've talked about this. I really am not a big fan, but um, he said something to the effect of you know the the worst thing that ever happened was when they convinced women that it was bad to want to like be a mom and you should go out and work instead. Um, Basically saying like, you have like the most uh, amazing gift to be able to give life to another creature. Like I can't do that or another human. I can't do that. No man on this planet can actually do something like that. And when they made you choose between the two was when it all hit the fan. But I think this all comes back. There was a Gallup poll, Frank. Belief in God in the United States dips to 81 mm-hmm. percent. It's a new low. It says the vast majority of US. adults believe in God, but the 81 percent who do so is down six percentage points from 2017 and is the lowest in Gallups trend. But then, when you look at the demo and stuff, it says, "Young liberal Americans least likely to believe in God." belief in God has fallen the most in recent years among young adults and people on the left of the political spectrum. This group shows a drops of 10 or more percentage points comparing the 2022 figures to the 2013 through 2017 polls. Um,
2: The source is the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I read um, coffee and COVID. It's like a morning blog written by this attorney in Florida, Childers, Jeff Childers. And he has a bunch of, I guess, what used to be considered Democrat readers who have now and he made a point the other day to say, you know what, stop, you know, yelling at me for talking about Republicans when there is no such thing anymore as Republican and Democrat. He said he thinks and he's not really a political guy. He's just a normal guy who's an attorney. Um, He thinks that the political parties in this country are pretty much done for now. And I guess I really do believe that he's onto something here. He said that there is either authoritarianism or some sense of freedom. And the only people that are fighting for any freedom just happen to be sitting there with an R next to their names right now.
2: And it's a, it's a it's a pure coincidence. And also, I understand it's sometimes a practical choice because, you know, that you might be able to get a little bit more funding to get on the road from your local GOP branch or something like that. But there is it's a pure coincidence that some people could have good ideas and have an R by their names.
1: I, I think that we're not voting anymore. We're not supporting people anymore based on what letter is next to their name. It just so happens that the left is really just gone. There is no reasonable Democrat anywhere. None. I mean, there's two that I know of that are somewhat reasonable. Otherwise, they're all extremists, all of them. And and then, you, you know, you saw what happened in France yesterday, by chance. What? Um, the I don't know how their elections really work, but the Le Pen contingency took over or got rid of the majority that Macron had in France in parliament. So like there's no majority for him anymore. Like he's going to have to deal with the quote far right, having most of the majority and the articles that what?
2: No, go ahead. the articles,
1: the articles that are coming out are all saying how these are like right wing extremist terrorists that have taken over and, the comments underneath and on in, on the tweets talking about this are saying everybody I don't agree with is far right. Like everyone I don't agree with is far right extremists. Like you, you, this is the majority of people now. Like you understand that people don't want your ideas and that's why they're voting against them on mass. Like it has nothing to do with being an extremist far right conspiracy theorist, guys. Like it's not working anymore is what I'm saying. The well, label
2: uh- Vladimir Putin said as much uh, last week as well.
1: What did he say? It was on.
2: It was on. It was on. Uh, it was on Friday. First of all, he spoke for almost three hours straight, if not more. He oh, spent so we, at least an. He spent at least an hour talking about Ukraine alone. I was. I, I when I was reading through all this and watching all the clips that I can, I can, I can fit into my day on Friday. I said to myself, "If this man is dying, then Joe Biden has been dead for years."
1: I was just about to say, "So he's not sick with cancer and dying then."
2: You know, and if he is, then more and then even more credit to him, because I I would I would dare the U.S. to to provide one person who could (laughs) speak as coherently as Vladimir Putin. But anyway, he said this. um, He he predicted a change of elites in the West. This is this was this came from RT. But um, he said the European Union has completely lost its political sovereignty. And its bureaucratic elites are dancing to someone else's tune, accepting whatever they are told from above, causing harm to their own population and to their own economy, Putin said. Uh, Such a detachment from reality, from the demands of society will inevitably lead to a surge of populism and the growth of radical movements, to serious local and economic changes, to degradation and in the near future to a change of elites.
1: You know, it's funny that you say that because the last thing I had today was uh, an article from Politico that actually was really not bad at all, at least the half that I read. It's called How How Elites Misread Public Opinion. Political scientists are using experiments to get inside the heads of political power players, and their findings have major implications for the future of American democracy. Mm. Basically, they're saying that 99% of the time, the quote- elites which they try to loosely define into three buckets um they they don't have any idea what actual people are thinking or feeling so there's this rise against them because they think that they're in some ivory tower somewhere and they have no clue what that's why they come out with this messaging that makes you scratch your head frank yeah i'll put i'll put it in the show notes so that everybody can read it because we're done so
2: it's just it's it's just about uh publishing Something publishing something ahead of a, a a course of action that you are like a, a fait accompli pretty much're we're, we're going to make this we're going to make a few choices here. We're going to the, march off into one direction one way or another, but let's just let's just astroturf in the reasons why. It's not really about understanding the population. it's just about it's just about trying to program the population to accept what is is in their plans no matter what. And yeah. uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like the way that they just did this six in 10 Americans say Trump should be charged for the January 6th riot.
2: Six in 10. okay.
1: Yeah. So they do a poll and they say six in 10. That means 60 percent. That means the Republican or the conservative leaning part of this country only is 40 percent, which is complete nonsense first of all but then you try to look into the poll into their into their breakdown and they do not provide it on party lines they don't tell.
2: have haven't you brought it up many times yourself tracy uh that that nearly 30 percent of democrat voters uh smell a rat with 2020 now yeah yeah so how how do you get 30 percent of democrat voters even though we know that at least 20 percent of anybody that's gone to trump's rallies in the last few years have been uh registered democrats um 30% Thirty percent of Democrat voters plus Trump voters, and they have sixty percent of the country that thinks that Trump should go to jail.
1: Yeah, it's it's bullshit. How, how
2: how does how does how do you reconcile all this nonsense?
1: You can't, and that's why they don't provide the demographic breakdown in their poll. Like if you drill down into this PDF, I was looking for it, it's not provided hmm. because clearly they 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 polled, I think it was like a hundred households. 100, and then they break down 6 and 10 Americans. from. It's nonsense. Anyway, lots of show notes today, so everybody make sure to go down there and take a look. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with Sunny Monday
2: Vale and
1: Fiends. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We'll be back here Wednesday. Later.